0: Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicle's podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host today, Chronicle writer Matt Kawahara, filling in for A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we're joined by first-year A's assistant hitting coach Eric Martins, who discusses his background of playing, scouting, and coaching for the organization, and his philosophy on working with hitters, and gives a breakdown of several of the team's young hitting prospects. All of that next on A's Plus. Our guest today on A's Plus is uh, assistant hitting coach Eric Martins, who joins the major league staff this season after uh, spending five years in the A's minor league system as a, as a hitting coach. And uh, Eric, before that and before you scouted for the A's, you were, uh, you were drafted by the A's back in 94 and played, I think, seven seasons in the minors. How, what was your sort of route to coming back to the organization after your playing days were done?
1: Uh, well, when I was done, I actually was, was asked if I was interested in, in coaching. And uh, that's right when I was done with the season, and I wasn't really ready to get back on the road after I played 11 years, so I actually had a hiatus for a couple of years, and I was actually a mailman for a little bit. I had gotten a government job and was you know, trying to figure out what I was gonna do, so I was just gonna take some time off, and all of a sudden I got this government job and I'm like well it's probably best that I don't turn down a government job since I don't know what I want to do yet and uh, it kind of worked out you know I was a mailman for a couple years and I was sitting on a route and I got a call from one of our uh, from one of my old scouts that I used to work with and asked me uh, if I'd be interested in scouting and that Eric Kubota was gonna give me a call and and the next day or so and Kubota Eric called me like within the next 10 minutes and said he was in town and was interested in having me scout in Southern California where I lived and basically went down and met him the next day and, and, and offered me the job, and it was a no-brainer for me to get back into the game and do something like that. So.
0: And you scouted for a handful of years for these guys, and you played a, a role in signing uh, a few players who made the majors, including Matt Chapman. How did, how did that kind of work out?
1: That worked out great. I guess you can kind of say I mic-dropped on Matt Chapman and then turned my career into get into coaching. So, um, no, yeah, I had A.J. Griffin, uh, Daniel Robertson, Dylan Covey, um, guys like that who have been in the big leagues amongst a handful of other guys that have been in the organization and had good careers. So um, it was fun. And 2014 was my last year of scouting. I was asked to coach and, you know, I thought about it for a while. And Keith Lippman had asked me, he really wanted me to take that group of Olsen, Pender, Healy back in the day and into Double A and Midland. And so I decided to do it. It was something that I was, was starting to lean towards anyway. Um, but that kind of gave me the confidence to go ahead and do that
0: had you always had an interest in coaching even in your playing days or was that something that kind of came later
1: i always had an interest in coaching i mean i i coached you know when i was still doing being a mailman i was coaching travel ball i was doing lessons i love being on the field i mean it's just something that i do i love giving back and and teaching young kids the game and the game that I played and, 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 and teaching them the way to go about their business and stuff like that. So it was something that I was always interested in. I just didn't know the timing of it. And it happened just to work at the right time when something opened up, kind of like scouting, you know, I, I, right time, right situation, fell right into a situation where I, I could stay home in Southern California and scout. And then something opened up here with the coaching side with, uh, with that little special group that we have. And I took it. And so here I am now. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So
0: uh, what is your sort of philosophy of the role of the hitting coach? I think it's uh, um, probably something that, you know, different hitting coaches approach differently and fans, I think, probably sometimes wonder exactly what it is that the hitting coach does with the individual hitters. But f- from your perspective, what- what's your
1: um, sort of philosophy about how to go about teaching hitters? Uh, well, everybody's different, and that's the main thing is you've got to learn the hitters that you're working with. Um, you can't cookie cutter. Um, everybody moves a different way. Uh, and you got to just kind of understand how they work how they what they think about hitting and got to you got to kind of get into their head and and understand what they're trying to do and then kind of put together a plan for them specifically Um, you know it's for me I don't have a certain philosophy we preach something here in the organization is just getting into the hitting zone the right way be on time for a fastball and stuff like it getting right pitches to hit and that kind of comes hand in hand and um, you know, as far as mechanics, everybody, like I said, works. It moves differently, so you got to find an efficient way for each person personally, and, and go from there. Does your, I
0: guess, approach to the role change at all as you? rise up through levels like if you're working with prospects in double a as opposed to when you get up here and you're going to be working with major league hitters
1: a little bit uh double a you know they're close their swings are pretty close there's probably a little bit more fine tuning there with some mechanics and you know we're always teaching approach and studying and learning the pitchers and what they're trying to do and being able to have a solid approach and by the time they get they got to me in triple a was just really fine tuning that approach Um, You know going up and having a plan and being able to you know have a right mindset in the box and and stuff like that There's very rarely any mechanical changes that we're doing by the time they get to triple-A It might be a little couple little tweaks here a couple adjustments here, but nothing major Um, And and like I said just really fine-tuning understanding what the pitchers are doing diving into the scouting reports and learning how to put a, a plan for themselves once the game starts I guess
0: one example of like individual hitters and their routines is Marcus Simeon last year said that uh, one thing that he did was he cut out pregame t work because uh, he didn't think it you know related directly to games as well as maybe just going straight into toss uh, hitting you know tosses and, and pitches that are actually coming at him. Right. Is that kind of a thing where you listen to to what a hitter
1: thinks is might be best for him and kind of work through a plan with him that way? No, absolutely. I mean, these guys are always thinking outside the box. What's going to help them? You know, there's so much stuff out there that other hitters are doing across the league. And that's what one thing that these guys do is they, they study the good hitters throughout the big leagues. You know, the Trouts and <clears throat> the Mookie bets and, and stuff like that and kind of pick their brain when they play against them. So that's something that Marcus did was, it was to eliminate the tee and, and get more game ready with some overhand flips where, uh, from the eyesight and the, the, the eye angle that he's going to be seeing during the game. And that's helped him.
0: I think uh, different hitters also kind of pay attention differently in different teams maybe to to some of the metrics that are out there, like, you know, hear about exit velocity and launch angle, stuff like that. What metrics, if any, do you pay attention to? Where, Where do you put stock in them?
1: You know, we don't really put too much stock into it. You know, we preach hit a hard line drive, hit the ball hard, square it up, you know and, and and go about your work we don't teach we don't really practice launch angle we don't even work on that stuff and it's it's pretty interesting to see that we were you know top five in all of major league baseball in exit velocity and launch angle without really without preaching it at all so you know our philosophies easy you know get into the hitting zone the correct way hit low line drives and the rest will come.
0: Are you pretty familiar with a a good amount of these these hitters that are on the major league roster now having been in in the minor league system
1: now for a few years? Yeah for sure I mean I've been in in spring training with these guys the last four or five years anyway as a triple-A hitting coach so having that relationship with a lot of these guys and plus a lot of those guys came through me whether I had them for a couple years or they came down to rehab you know so I've have I have a pretty good relationship with all those guys there's a couple guys that I'm still getting to learn a little bit but other than that it's like yeah I've, I've pretty much known these guys for the last few years
0: one thing I think you uh you hear about sometimes uh the last few years with the A's and maybe even previously that was uh situational hitting and the emphasis on situational hitting because there have been times um where the offense kind of relies on the home run a fair amount and there are some you know powerful hitters on this team but how do you go about teaching or working on situational hitting are there are there things that you can do to to try to improve that maybe even during a season?
1: yeah I mean it's just a mindset understanding how important each run is nowadays you know with these bullpens that get run out at us it's important that anytime we have an opportunity to to execute or score a run how important it's going to be for the game so you know it's really not much that you can do with these guys I mean they're all baseball players they've all had to execute at some point in their careers whether it was college or something like that so it's up to them to really have the mindset and we got to really just push it to them how important these situations are and being able to take a pitch and if they're playing in a shift and there's a whole side of the field open be able to go ahead and just shoot the hole and either move a runner or score a runner or get an easy run that, that way we can you know continue to execute and hey one guy gets a hit and the next guy gets on that's how those big innings start
0: what are your uh just kind of overall thoughts on on how to approach shifts as a hitter as you've seen such a proliferation of shifts in the last few years and
1: yeah I mean're we're, we're, we're working on that we're, you know our left-handed hitters are working on shooting that hole in certain situations, obviously you know um, our guys are so good that they get get pitches a hit that the shift's really not going to matter, but if there's a time in the game that hey we need some base runners or it's a big time to, to be able to try to shoot that hole, that's something that we're working on and we do that during batting practice every once in a while. These guys do a good job with that during their 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 BP as well. You're listening to As
0: plus we'll be back in just a moment with more from Eric Martins. So Eric, now I'd like to uh, to ask about a few of the individual hitters that uh, you've worked with, uh, especially last year in, in Vegas. But I guess first of all, uh, the previous three years, um, yeah, they obviously had their AAA operation in Nashville, which is a little bit more of a pitcher's park, at least by PCL standards. And then uh, you go to Vegas last year where the ball just took off and some of the offensive numbers were, uh, were pretty eye-popping. How much of that was uh, a sort of a result of moving parks also you had the introduction of the major league baseball in in uh, in the pcl and how much of it was actually just progression of the individual hitters and guys maybe getting to a point where they were you know going to put up those
1: better numbers wherever they were well i'll tell you what hitting in nashville actually has to change you have to change your approach and you have to really work those low line drives that we preach because you get a ball up in the air in nashville it's not going to go anywhere so i think moving and shifting fields actually played into their benefit of having played in Nashville the year before you know now those balls that they were hitting and working on those low line drives were actually carrying and, and, and gaining some legs and some balls were leaving the park well a lot of balls were leaving the park or getting in the gaps and stuff like that so you know, with that comes confidence. You know, once you're a confident hitter, and you know if you just square a baseball up, that you're going to have some results. So that's that comes hand in hand. You know, a lot of a lot of times in Nashville, a lot of these guys would square up a baseball exactly the way we want it, and it wouldn't go anywhere, <clears throat> and it would be they'd be frustrated. There's only so much I can say. Hey, good swing. Yeah, but I'm still out. You know, it's, it's, there's only so much you can do because at some point you want to see results. And last year, playing in Vegas with the new baseball in the ballpark and. Those guys were squaring up those same baseballs, and they were getting results now, and, and that, ga- that gave them a lot of confidence now when they stepped into the box that all I have to do is, A, just put a solid swing on it and hit the ball hard. A couple of hitters uh, from that
0: team cited the fact that they, as a team, started the season just really hot. I mean, everybody was kind of coming out of the gate, and, and there's a little bit of, I guess, hitting being Contagious is that something that that
1: you resonates with you that you agree with 100 percent? I mean we came out of the box in that first series in El Paso Just swinging the bats and and everybody uh, that team was special I mean as as talented as a group from one to nine that I've had in my years of coaching I mean I've had the good teams with the Olsons and the Penders and the Chapman's and all stuff But I mean one through nine this team was as solid as as it can get I mean we had guys on the bench that were hitting 300 so I mean, it's one of those things that they pushed each other, and that team—they worked, they—they—they they, they were competitive against the other teams and with each other. So they were always trying to outdo each other, and it was—it was a good team to have, and some veterans on that team, some young guys that made some some big adjustments, and it was really fun to watch.
0: So, uh, so one guy who put up pretty impressive numbers was was Seth Brown. Um, he's I think it was 37 home runs last year, but that power wasn't entirely unprecedented. He hit 30 in a year at, at Stockton. Um I think it was 14 the year before at Midland, but that's a tough place to hit especially as a left-handed hitter. Um where did you see him maybe make some some progress last year and, and uh where where did that kind of power jump come from I think?
1: Well, he's always had the power, you know. Um that's something that that he possesses, but now he opened up the field. You know, he changed uh, had a, had a little bit of an approach change. We kind of worked on some things. More with his mindset, a little bit of with his swing and being able to drive balls to left center field. And once he had the confidence of being able to use the whole field, cleaned up his approach, and now he just he he was able just to have an approach and stick with it, knowing that he can hit a ball anywhere out of the ballpark. Um, Another thing was just cleaning up his mindset. He's a guy that works extremely hard. He's really you know really lives and dies. He used to live and die by every at bat, and just really being able to calm him down and, and, and simplify things for him. Um, And he's one of those guys that's extremely hard worker. He wants to take as many swings as he can in a day, and you root for those guys because he busts his butt. He's a great teammate um and and those things just it, it all came together and clicked from last year which was fun to see and now he's having a great spring and and we'll see yeah he's left a, a hot start this spring yeah. and he's uh, i think he leads the
0: team in R- rbis right now with eight um but he was batting over 400 you know going into yesterday what, uh, what has he carried over from last season to this that you can see and and how do you think his his power
1: could translate to the uh to the majors I think it'll it'll translate to the big leagues. I mean, talking to him last year when he got up to the big leagues, you know, his only focus was to have good at-bats, you know, and he had really good at-bats. And then I think towards the end, he started, you know, he wouldn't admit it to you, but I think he started seeing that he had no home runs. And maybe towards the end was really trying to get that one on the board. So it's, you know, typical of a young player. Um, He came up. He was just having good at-bats, and he was hitting doubles and singles and having key pinch hits and and stuff like that, and did an outstanding job and showed that he can be a hitter. But there's power behind there. And once he settles in and gets comfortable in the big leagues, you'll see those power numbers jump up. Uh,
0: Sky Bolt, another guy who had a fairly productive year last year. Uh, Where did you see him maybe make some strides in it?
1: Well, Sky Bolt is is extremely talented. He's one of those guys that has a ton of tools, Um, switch hitter, can run, can throw, has some power. Um, He's one of those guys that's consistently working on his swing. And last year, really worked on his right-handed swing, even into the spring this year, which looks really good. He's one of those guys that just, you know, he he can drive the ball out of the ballpark, but he can get you a base hit and steal a couple bases, and he's fun to watch. When everything's clicking with him, he's one of the most exciting players around. Uh, Dustin Fowler,
0: um, another guy who's he, he's had some time. He looked like he was, um, you know, going to be maybe the center fielder of the future here for a little bit, and that he's, you know, fighting to to get a roll back. Um, had a little bit of slow start this spring, but uh, a couple of days ago, I came through the a, a bases loaded double, which was his first hit of the spring,
1: which probably felt good. But what what uh, said? How did you assess him last year, and how does he look this spring so far? Well, he had to make, he had to make some adjustments. Um, there were some things that we needed to work up and clean up with his swing and and he did a great job with it and he was all in bought into it so it's one of those things where he kind of worked into something last year and had some really good results with it his strikeout numbers did go up but his home run numbers did go up and his walks went up so it's one of those things that he's such a talented player one of those a talented kid that can has extremely extremely good hand-eye coordination and can put the ball in play but it's just him shrinking the strike zone and being able to control the zone again but he's a really good player um, he's one of those guys that can, I can see you know playing and playing all three outfield positions because he, he's a very good athlete and can probably probably 15, 20 home runs a year. So um, it's just about him getting a consistent opportunity to play and continue working on those things that we're working on with him with this swing. But he's, I, I like what he did last year.
0: There, uh, another guy that had some pretty impressive power numbers last year was uh, Sheldon Noisy, who's uh, uh, competing for the second base job here. What did you see from him? And, and do those power numbers potentially translate over to the majors?
1: sheldons he's an extremely talented hitter. Um, He's a guy that can shoot you a single to right field. He can drive you a ball to right center field. And if you make a mistake, he's going to hit you. So he's one of those guys that's got the complete package. I say he's probably a 20-home run guy with a high average. Uh, He puts the ball in play. He's made strides since our year in Nashville where the first half he was hitting close to 190. And we had to make a pretty good uh, adjustment with him as far as his his swing with some mechanics. And I think the second half of the season in Nashville, he hit like 320 to end the year hitting 260. So he just carried on that adjustment to last year, continued to hit the ball hard and drive balls in the gap, and he was rewarded with them last year. But he's very talented.
0: What uh, Did that adjustment have at all to do with, you know, uh, with looking more toward hitting the opposite field toward right center, or was that always something that was part of his game?
1: That was always something that's part of his game. Um, he just had a real high leg kick, and which got him down, and he was a little bit late. So we had to just calm that thing down. But that's what's so good about him is his approach is the big part of the field, and he doesn't really shy away from it. And last year, I mean, he had extremely – he upped his walk totals, lowered his strikeout totals. I um, mean, he's one of those guys that can put the ball in play. Um, But he's a a talented hitter that's got some power. I can see him hitting 40, 50 doubles and hitting 20 home runs.
0: Uh, Jonah Heim is a guy, a switch hitting catcher. He's uh, competing for the backup job. He spent a little bit of time at, at AAA and, and put up uh, some pretty impressive numbers compared to having not had a very super high average in, in previous minor league seasons. Uh, what does he offer, just kind of as a switch hitter, as a taller guy uh, behind the plate?
1: I think he kind of surprised everybody last year. You know, he got off to a decent start in midland, and then we needed him in AAA, and he came up and all he did was hit. Um, you know, he's made some adjustments. He's such a tall guy, talented receiver, talented catcher, Had never really put it together at the plate, and then last year something clicked for him. Um, you know, not so much that what I did, I think Tommy Everidge and, and Midland put him on a pretty good plan and then we kind of touched on some things when he got to Triple to A, but pretty much for the most most of the season last year, we left him alone and he just had a, a very, very good season that gave him a little bit of confidence confidence knowing that he can, you know, he has a chance to, to, to play this game a long time and he's, he's a talented kid. Does he...
0: Uh... Is one side of the plate for him stronger than the other? You think left or right hand?
1: Uh, not necessarily. He gives you good at bats from both sides. I think is more more of his power is from the left side, but you know, other than that, it's pretty consistent from both sides of the plate.
0: Uh, Franklin Barreto, the guy who's been an assistant for a little while, and and this is a kind of a key season for him is he's competing for a second base job too. How did he look last year?
1: Last year was good. He got off to a slow start. Um, I think he was a little disappointed by probably being sent down after Japan. So. You know, he had made some adjustments in the offseason that weren't beneficial to him. So we had to get him back to what he did the year before when we kind of changed his setup. Uh, But once he got going, like in May and June, it was Franklin Barreto all over again. That guy is uber talented. Um, You know, he needs to take advantage of the situation now because we all know what he can do when he's right. And I think him knowing now that this is his opportunity and if he is able to to take the job and be able to settle in and get some everyday playing time and he settles in this makes he makes this this lineup even more dangerous with what what he can do
0: Eric Martins how does Eric Martins the hitting coach now how do you break down Eric Martins the former hitter
1: oh wow <laughs> well I was a guy that put the ball in play a lot you know I try to stay middle of the field um I didn't really try to hit for home runs so I try to stay in the gaps and hit doubles and triples and stuff like that high on base average and you know put the ball in play and would give you a good at bat
0: (laughs) is there anything i mean having you know played for a long time and and uh i'm sure worked with several different hitting coaches is there some anything that you kind of prioritize or take from guys that you uh learned from worked with that you now try to apply in in the job
1: well i'm learning from everybody every single day you know um we're lucky enough to have todd steverson back in our organization so i'm always talking with him you know but she's been fantastic Mike dreddy has been amazing. So I've been fortunate, you know, to be around some really good baseball people. So I just take tidbits of, of everybody's information and just listen and learn. And, and I'm you know, constantly just trying to learn from these guys and learn from the players and, and so I can apply stuff to other guys. There's really nothing specific because I'm always just willing to take in as much information as I can, decipher it, and be able to, to give it back to somebody that may need something at that time.
0: Eric, thanks a lot for joining us in A's Plus.
1: Oh, You got it, anytime. My thanks again to Eric Martins for joining us on A's Plus.
0: Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back later in the week on A's Plus. Thanks for listening.
1: A's Plus is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support A's Plus and all of the Chronicle's journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.